This is Biz. I'm a stay-at-home mom with a preschooler. And I'm Teresa, a working mom with a toddler. This is a show about life after giving life. We all need a place to vent, so don't listen with your kids because there will be swears. This is One Bad Mother. Today on One Bad Mother, we talk about support teams and speak with singer-songwriter Lainey Mandel. Woo! Yeah, yeah. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? I'm fine. <laughs> I got something new this pregnancy. What? <laughs> A rash. <laughs> That sounds gross. It, it is. It is. <laughs> so yesterday, I'm like about halfway through the day, not having eaten anything peculiar uh-huh. or done anything peculiar. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm like, ah, my stomach really itches. Uh-huh. And I look at it, and it's covered in like a small, like a like very fine rash. Like bumpy? Bumpy. Red? Like tiny, tiny bumpy. Oh. So it's not like a whelps. It's like... You know, it looks like a rash. Yeah. Uh, and then Just a run-of-the-mill rash. Run-of-the-mill rash. <laughs> and I was like, that's awful. Yeah. And then it, my my side started itching, uh. and then my thigh started itching, and I was like, all right. I've been, like, very anti-looking. Not anti. I just I haven't bothered to look anything up this pregnancy. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, I just assumed that I'll either throw up or something will hurt if I do something wrong this yep. time around. Yep. Uh, and uh, so, But I was like, all right, I got to look this up. I look it up and it's like, yep, your hormones can be causing you to have a rash. And to which I told Stefan, and Stefan's like, the cesspool of <laughs> chemicals floating around in your body are trying to release <laughs> themselves through your skin. Oh. So, like, and what sucks is it's the belly, and like, what does every pair of pregnancy pants do? Like, right. totally cover totally, your belly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, great. So that's great. But how are you? Oh, I'm okay. Um, Another pregnancy-related thing. I just need to say bras are the worst. Because the one thing that you really (laughs) need them to do, which is, like, hold your boobs up. Yeah. They can't do it unless they're the exact right size for your boobs. And when your boobs when are your, changing, when your every boobs two are changing days. every fucking day, mm-hmm. then there's no way to have a bra that fits. Yep. Unless, like, I was trying to figure it out because I was like, I'm I uh, if you get like an actual good, like a really good right. bra, like you one of those like nursing, da, 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 yeah, Ugh. it's like fifty to eighty dollars, yeah. like, yeah. and and like a couple of times in my last pregnancy, I went, you know what? I need a good bra. Well, sure. And so I just I just bit the bullet and spent yeah. the money. And that's fine because I did use them for a while and I know that I will need to use them again. Right. But like the amount of time that they get used for yeah. is so limited. Because like for for example right now the bras that I can find around yes, my house just around, just around <laughs> for some reason are all too small yep. or way too big. Yep. Um and but I'm not I'm not gonna do it I'm not gonna buy well, more bras. Buy I'm not gonna, there's so I have so many and it's it's ah. just I'm oh it's they're never gonna fit. I burned mine after the first pregnancy, so I have like nothing. Oh, okay. So I I literally had like two bras going into this total, right? Yeah. And not just don't uh, yeah me. Yeah. Um, I'd rather spend the money on a shirt. 
Um, and, uh, and so this time around, I was like, well, the, like three weeks ago, I was like, this is the end of this. This is, I'm not going to be able to do this. But what I have found of all the shitty bras that I've gone and bought at Target or Gap in the last like two weeks mm-hmm. to try and make myself feel like I'm paying attention to the changes in my body, mm-hmm. the wildest... I like, by the way, I like that you acknowledge that Gap is on the same level as Target because they kinda, would like, to, I think they would like, they would like you to think that they're Sorry, a step above, but they're, they're really not. not. They're not. You know, they're <laughs> they all... They cost more, but it's essentially... It's essentially the same shitty, like, here's a wire and some fabric, you know, but, like... It'll last for six months, and then you're done. And then you're (laughs) totally boned. But the wireless, they're, like, it's, like, it's, like, built where it's not supposed to have the wire. It's, like, firm, but it's not the wire. I know what you're That one's fairly comfortable. Okay. That one's fairly comfortable. I The ones with the wires, ugh. I even, like, sleeping now. I'm just really? wearing a bra. Well, it's I sort of alternate. Because the other thing is um, with the itchy skin, mm. I don't like wearing a bra. Like what about the support w- tanks? Yeah, they don't really do anything for my boobs. Well, <laughs> who are we trying to impress for the next nine months with her? No, it's about comfort. Oh, Like, okay. it's about purely about comfort. Like, if yeah. I'm going to, I would rather wear, like, a loose, uh, you know, T-shirt yeah. or top or something just for the sake of my letting my skin, skin breathe. breathe. Um, anyways, whatever. We could talk about this forever. We're but good. anyways, I just want to say bras annoying me right now. Yep. Great. Um, let's just take them off in the booth. Let's just let's go. Let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay, our sound engineer, is like, yeah, great. Uh, I'm going to just pull the curtain down. Yeah. Um, oh, well, hey, you know what's kind of funny? What? Uh, you were just talking about support, support of systems. bras, support systems. <laughs> and today's topic on the show, this wasn't even like a punny we approach. We're not, the show is not actually going to be about bras. <laughs> it's going to be about actually, uh, defining and putting together and figuring out, do you have a support team? Do you not have a support team? How to find a support team uh, once you have kids? Let's talk about that. Let's talk about that (laughs) as opposed to bras. Uh, Okay, great. Please take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice. Biz and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. Teresa, you've got you. Yeah. You've got Jesse. Yes. You have Simon. Yes. Who else you got? I have the dogs. You have the dogs. <laughs> um, we have a lot of loving, supportive family members that live in another place. Ta-da! <laughs> we do as well. Uh-huh. We, uh, we have uh, a lot of loving, supportive family members who live in other places, mm-hmm. even our closest uh, our closest relatives are Stefan's parents and they live about hour hour half away depending mm-hmm. on traffic um it's and pretty good it's not bad it's still long enough away that it it's not like hey can you come over real right. quick right. i got to go this thing's just come up right. can you can you, you know. can you drop in for an hour while she eats her dinner and i run yeah out to the i store think about support teams like this i think yeah. about people who i have friends who Like, both parents work because they live close to one set of grandparents, and the grandparents are watching the kids Mm -hmm. when the kids aren't in school. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have friends I know who get the occasional date nights because they can drop their kids off at their cousins, and Mm -hmm. they spend the night at the cousins that night. Mm -hmm. 
I've got people who's, I, you know, I've heard tell <laughs> of like, oh, yeah, well, I had to go run these errands and I had to go out and have this last minute thing or help, you know, help these people. So my daughter hung out at my neighbor's house. Mm-hmm. Like, those that, are all great examples. Those are great examples systems. of things that yeah. I don't feel we have. Yeah. And like, I'm like, how did you set that up? I think it might be our own fault. Oh, I we, yeah, I do, too. Yeah, I do, too. Uh I know that for me, when we lived in New York and we had Katie Bell, mm-hmm. we both had sisters living in New York. Stephen, you Ste- both your sister and Stefan's sister, sister lived in New York. Yep. Okay. Uh, Do they lived, have kids? Nope. Okay. Neither one have kids. Okay. My sister lived on the upper, lives on the Upper East Side. We lived in Brooklyn, so it's about forty-five minutes, mm-hmm. fifty-minute train ride, depending. Uh, but in New York, that kind of stuff, sometimes it matters, sometimes it doesn't. It mm-hmm. depends on the person if you care about that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, and Stefan's sister lived out in New Jersey. Uh, again, 30 to 45 minutes to 50 minutes, just depending mm-hmm. on the train. Uh, there was a brief period of time she did live just up the street from us in Brooklyn. And while she was, like, very involved in uh, coming to visit Katie Bell, uh, there was never that moment of like, hey, I'm just going to come down. And like it, both of us were kind of raised or again, not around a lot of kids. Uh-huh. So none of us in our family, I think, instinctually say, we want to watch your kids all the time. Uh-huh. You know, like, like I mean, I'll take her for a while if you want to go. Or, and it's hey, not like somebody wouldn't her. offer yeah. it, but I, I'm talking that like, just that sort of, uh, like, the, just sort Part of already launch. being on that level. Yeah, like, no, yeah. yeah, we're all going to raise yeah. this kid together. We're always yeah. going to be at your house. We're always going to be, at, like, you know, we were all raised to have our own lives yeah. a little bit. And I see yeah. that being true for sort of Stefan and his sister as well as mine and my, you know, my sister. So, like, again, I just think instinctually mm-hmm. neither side was, like, this would be a normal thing for people to always be at each other's house mm-hmm. and drop the kids off. Yeah. And then you combine that with Stefan and I, when we had Katie Bell, found ourselves really naturally falling into a more structured routine with her. She mm-hmm. really liked structure. We really liked structure. Mm-hmm. And it really worked for us. But there's something about structure that can feel weird when you ask people to suddenly step into your kids yeah life you know yeah. like, you, like you can't expect you can't expect somebody to do to follow like a, a, cra- like a, a list. crazy list of instructions and it only yeah. feels crazy and it doesn't feel crazy to you when you're doing because it, right. you do it's it. your established routine right. right but then you're like well yeah. you know the door has to be closed and this noise machine has to be yeah. on and the kitty has to be like this and blah blah blah, blah these blah, are blah. the words that you say these are the words that you yeah. say you know and as yeah. you get older you realize your child probably would have fucking fallen asleep yeah. no matter what yeah But I know that part of it was we didn't ask a whole lot either because we felt like they wouldn't want to be part of that routine. And and you kind of don't want to, like, admit to them, like— we're this crazy. is what I'm this is what we do. And like this is how detailed it is. And I'm gonna like write this all out for you. And I'm gonna ask that you follow it. Like you don't want them to see that. Right, because I can remember <laughs> yeah. not having kids and saying things yeah. like, eh, baby sleeps in a drawer. Right. <laughs> like, I know. It'll I know. be fine. Yeah. I can amuse your baby. Yeah. Right. I can remember being like super casual to people yeah. with kids and being like, You're crazy. Baby gonna fall asleep and baby gonna fall asleep. Yeah. But when somebody said it to me during that first year, I was like, fuck 
you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Get away from my kid. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. What about you guys? So that was like how we kind of set ourselves up. Mm-hmm. to, And we didn't have anybody who had kids. And again, for us, it felt like even though like our friends, it wasn't like, again, I would trust my child yeah. with any of our friends. Sure. It just felt like no one was interested in your kid. Right. And no one knows necessarily what to do or feels they have the confidence to. Well, and you're not giving them confidence. Right. You're not giving about them confidence. Before, right. Right. You're, you're not, not asking the them whole, to help. Right. How do people get confidence with your kid if you never right. give them the opportunity exactly. to yep. do stuff with yep. your kid? And yep. there's also that whole first six to eight months where you just don't want anybody around your fucking kid. Right. I mean, and it has nothing to do right. with them. It's your psychological, like, must stay near. No matter, right. no matter how badly you want to get out of the house, you're just not. Yeah. Everybody has a different threshold of how long they're emotionally ready to leave their kid. Mm-hmm. Um, what about you guys? How did... Well, yeah. I mean, I think definitely for me, like the first six, eight, nine months, I just wasn't ready to leave him at all. You know, I, I think I left him a little bit with, you know, there were a few like date nights where after he went to sleep, yeah. Jesse and I would go out and my mom would stay there. And right. that was like still kind of terrifying for me. So it, was, it took me a while to get on board for it. But um, but my family is definitely, I definitely was raised like being dropped off at cousins' houses yeah. and my gra- being with my grandma and actually both my gra- both sets of grandparents and um, cousins and aunts and uncles. And it was all part of my growing up, which I really have valued. And um. So I think like that's something I really, really want for Simon and yeah. really want for our family. But we're I mean, we're limited by the fact that our our families are not here. Our yeah. Family. But but when they are here, I totally take them up on it, especially now that I'm now that I'm more comfortable leaving Simon for periods of time. And now that I sort of I, I sort of understand what his limitations are right. and and I'm willing to, you know, you know, we went away for a weekend like a couple of months ago and my parents stayed overnight and um, and that worked out really great. And that was awesome. Did I write a two page list of instructions yeah. for my mom? Yes, I did. Yeah, but that was because I had to do it. I kind of didn't care like what happened after I left because I knew my parents would do a great job and I knew Simon would right. have fun. But like I just had to do it. I just had to in order to be fair. able to like leave like, the I house. I do think it's fair. I mean, and I think maybe people are willing to take the list. Yeah. So like for those people who want to help other people with kids, that we have a lot of people who listen <laughs> that don't have kids yet, or or you know maybe you yeah. have kids or whatever, help the person out and say, "You give me the most detailed yeah. list of instructions. I'd love yeah. to see it." You yeah. Know? Like yeah. in our family, we now call it the manual. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. Like. It's good to know. Yeah. Like, for example, Katie Bell gets hurt. Your instinct is to run over and pick a child up. Right. You're okay. She doesn't like. Oh being my God! Up. Don't touch yeah. her. Don't do anything. Yeah. She wants to focus. She then wants to, you. Then have to ask, would you like me to pick you up? This yeah. is I mean, even as a baby. Yeah. You know, would you like to? All she wants to do is go to the bathroom and see the blood. That's all she wants to do. <laughs> but like. If you don't tell somebody that, right. you, don't, you know, it can make the child look worse, which stresses the person. Uh, see, yeah. just no one, but the no other one helped si- me. Well, but the other side <laughs> of this is no matter what you prepare the person for, it right. is going to be different. And that's good for your child. Yes. You know, like it might be painful in the moment for you or for your child. But it's good for them to have right. these other experiences and get exposed to the way other people 
do things, you know, like right. assuming everybody involved, you know, has is, your best has your best interest right. in mind. Like the child is going to be fine, and it's like so much better for them to get exposed to different. So that is like a big thing that like kind of kicks me in the butt every time. I'm like, uh, will it be okay if I let my ba- my sister right. babysit when she hasn't seen him in like several months? I'm like. They're going to be fine. Yeah. You know, it's going to be good for everybody. Yes. Well, did you find that it was easier, even though, like, even if you had the option of family or friends mm-hmm. nearby, did you find it easier to hire somebody? Well. Like, what's the psychological process like that for you? Hmm. That's a good question. I mean, I do... I do think I don't know if it's easier or harder is a question. I do feel that not not living near family is like a major handicap. Like yeah. it's really and I'm always reading things that are like like best things for couples is like drop your kid off at a relative's house once a month. Yeah. And I was just like I don't have I But I do think that a good, a close second probably is finding a babysitter that you really trust. And like the funny thing is, is that Simon has had one babysitter since we we began working with her when he was about six months old. Yeah. And she still works with us, you know, from time to time now. And she and I think because my family isn't around, she has become like a much more important person in our lives than I think she would have been. Otherwise, yeah. because she's one of the very few people who really know him now That's and right. who like really have like a close bonded relationship with him where she comes over and he loves being with her and yeah. he's fine and he kind of knows that she's there to be with him and and that, like, she will take care of him the same way I would or Jesse would. Right. Um. So that's kind of major. And then, yeah, there's the added bonus of, like, I'm paying you. I can give you a list <laughs> a crazy of 12,000 Yeah, yeah. There is a, for us, it always felt, like, easier to, you know, to have mm-hmm. a babysitter. And, like, I think, I guess that's it. It's kind of easier to give somebody a list to, like, a total stranger who mm-hmm. you're paying. Yeah. <laughs> and you it don't is. have to worry about your family, your family member you. who has whatever history. Yeah. They're bringing their own baggage in and their right. own memories of you and their own feelings of you. You know, mm-hmm. this is because you're still depressed after 30 years. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, probably, but either like, way. like, you don't think that I know my own grandchild yeah. well enough to know? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know. You know, or... Again, for us, because no one, we just didn't do all that kind of let's be around babies all the time. I got both grandparents kind of nervous to be around a kid. Uh And you're like, you're like, come on. Well, now how am I I supposed to be comfortable leaving them? Right. If you're not comfortable taking care of them, you know? And so, like, that gets very confusing for both parties. It's very confusing and stressful. And, um, but here's the thing my, you and I are both about to have a second. Right. And it's got me thinking about it in a totally different way. Oh, okay. So are you are you fed up with the way I'm the fed way up with ruining the my first life. Time? Yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. I mean as much as I'd like to like, you know, blame the elements of, you know, the family lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And again, we really, you know, my family's on the other side of the country. Right. Uh, but you also have a two-parent household where one person is at usually home. Usually, we have the best of the scenario. You have one child, yeah. so it does. Act, I mean, you actually need it's, less support truly, need less support. than a lot of other families might. Absolutely. Yeah. Does that negate no needing no. some time? Everybody or, needs but it. But like, yeah. 
Uh, and again, I think you're right. There's something to do. You know, one kid or 20 kids. Yeah. Well, 20 kids. The oldest kid just watches the rest of the kids. Right. But um, <laughs> but there is something good for the child or children to be exposed to different people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I don't ever remember getting like prep time with a babysitter while my mom was no. around. Just suddenly there was a fucking babysitter there. there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, uh, in all their glory. Yeah. Um, but this time around, I'm like, I can't, I can't do this to myself this time. Like, mm-hmm. I am really envious of people who are like, yeah, well, I had to go to this writer's meeting. So, you know, my kid's just next door with our friend and her kid. Mm-hmm. What? 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 Yeah. You know, like, that. how did you, you know, get that? <laughs> how'd you get that? You know? Oh, you just made friends with your neighbors? And you just oh. did it? Oh. Okay. Okay. How do you get that? Set up, especially given uh, that pretty soon we're going to be heading into a more unpredictable pregnancy time mm-hmm. of what if you go into labor early? What if, or just normal labor? What if you go into your normal labor? <laughs> guess who can't come with you? Right. Katie Bell. Right. Got to do something. Who do I have in place here? Yeah. You know, yeah. like, and and how do I keep this in place once the second child comes along so that I can have this? So right. I know for us... You know, it's really working to get his parents on, you know, to find a better schedule Mm -hmm. for us so that that's something we all just come to expect Mm -hmm. Um, without it having to necessarily be we're going to spend a whole weekend. You know what I mean? Because, like, right right now it's always connected with a long visit with us Mm -hmm. as opposed to just Katie Bell. Just her going there. So there's always this, like, uh, so the whole weekend is us actually being there, which is always nice, but at the same time, what if I just want you to come watch her for we can go out mm-hmm. to dinner? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, I just lost them as babysitters, probably with that comment. <laughs> <laughs> um, but friends, we've got upstairs neighbors. Do we need to start leaving her with them sometimes? And she loves them. Mm-hmm. But do we need to start like Steph and I going out to date and having them come down and watch her? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you would take their kids sometimes. Stephen did. Stephen took their kid to Disneyland for well, a whole there you day. Go. I know. You already. We already. We already, we already have that done. You know, we've got friends around the corner who've got a kid Katie Bell's age that we do go over and socialize with a lot. Uh, and then we've got. I got another mom friend who's got a daughter around Katie Bell's age, and we go out. We have play dates a lot together. So there's some comfort level there. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm starting to try, but we haven't done the, like, I'm leaving my kid. You know, know, there's, like, this assumption with this generation of our life, like, where, you know, everything has to be you and your kid. And I, yeah. and, you're, and, and at two, at one and a half, that's a given. But yeah. at three and a half, four, yeah. she goes to school without me. Right. You know, like, why can't I, I mean, I watch people still having play dates at seven and eight with both parents there. I remember, again, I remember very clearly kids getting dropped off at my house in, in oh, kindergarten. Totally. Yeah. You know, and like my mom not having anything to do with us. Yeah, totally. Just don't burn down the house. So, like, that's kind of our process. And then you and I have been talking about. Yeah, well, this is okay. I want to say a little bit me, yeah. how this came about. Yeah. Like this idea. So, so I had this idea of that Biz and I and Jesse and Stefan need to get like way more involved in like swapping kids so that we can 
so that we can all get date nights as, and like establish that as a thing before yeah. the newborns come because when the newborns are here, we want to do it then too. Yes. And we want it to be like a thing that we can do. But the witness, that totally 70s couple swa- just yes, dumping kids at each other's full house. on like, okay, like. Yeah, you go every, on that auntie, auntie Teresa yeah, and Uncle Jesse. be there for three hours and I'll, we'll be back yeah. you know, after the movie or whatever. Trash their house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Find, find their secrets. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but the way this came about is kind of like a similar, uh, like, oh my God, I'm having a second child crisis yeah. that I had, which was when I was during the first trimester and I was crazy sick, like oh, yeah. crazy morning sickness. And I think maybe even like the flu on top yeah. of that because Simon was bringing stuff home from daycare and it was winter <laughs> and I was I was so ill. I really, I was like faint when I tried to stand up and oh. I had to just lay in bed. Yeah. And so Jesse was helping a lot with Simon more than usual, like, you know, doing everything yeah. for him. And at one point I was just crying in my bed because I was realizing like I don't have anyone to ask for yeah. help. I have no one. Like I have no one who can like Jesse needed to go to work. He needed right. to go record his show. And I didn't know what to do because I was so sick that I couldn't get out of my bed, which is very rare. But like I had this feeling like, okay, there will be times when I have the second baby where I'm totally involved in whatever the baby needs. And I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna need help. Like I'm gonna need help. And I totally, and I don't want to pay for it. (laughs) Right. Right. No, but, but it's those in between times. It's not about like a, a, you know, some, a babysitter coming over for hours. It's about having, having a family member just drop by and say, what do you need? Do you need milk? Do you need, you know, what do you need? And, um, I, I flipped out so bad that Jesse comes to bed that night and I'm like telling him (laughs) that we need to move back to Northern California. Uh, And I'm, I mean, we have a whole business here. We have employees, we have an office, we have have our lives here. And I was totally convinced, like, this is the only way it's going to work. Like, we're about to have another child. Like, we'll we'll move there and we can fly down during the week. We can take turns flying down. I was like, I was fully, like, I was like, I will solve this problem. Like, and Jesse was just, like, very sweet about it, you know, and just like... Yeah, that's not. Ne- we're never gonna do that, and you know it's, it's gonna be okay. But that's we're never gonna be doing that. Like right. that's not real, you know. And um and of course, like I've started feeling better and yes. came out of it. But I did have a, something good came out of it, which was that like I was like, okay, who do we have here? <laughs> yeah, who do we know? And I was like, hello, business staff and have children, and they're about to have another one too. Like, why are we not? We doing don't this? drop our kids on purpose. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I know, like. It'll be different for our kids, right. you know, but it'll be fine. And I was like, I right. really hope that they're up for this. And you said that you were, so yeah, no, we're we're totally up for it. The um, and it's, but it's a it's a good idea because I think there's something about establishing again, if you don't come from a giant family and you don't come from like or from being sort of socialized early on to to do that sort of thing, mm-hmm. to, that for that to be a norm, I feel this is definitely one of those shows where like half our listeners are going to be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Why weren't you guys swapping kids to begin with? I know. Um, you guys are idiots. I know. Um, the <laughs> judging us. It's fair. That's fair this time around. This time around, I accept all judgment. They might also be judging us for something that we're not as self-aware about. Oh, good. That's always better. Um, no, but like there's something about n- the no guilt 
You know, I don't mean like, I mean, like I joke about like, and you don't have to pay for it, but that's really right. helpful. And two, yeah. the no guilt of like, if you called me at two in the morning yeah. and said, something's happening, yeah. I need you to come get Simon. Yeah. I would say, okay, we're yeah. coming to get Simon. Exactly. You know, yeah. like not a big deal. Yeah. Um, and there'd be no guilt with that. And, yeah. and, and what's weird is that probably more of our friends and family all feel that way. They totally do. Yeah. But there's something about the not asking that like I think it might be something about like how our culture is evolving right now where there's a lot more handsome. just like paying for stuff and like and being it's the same thing as kind of like the like uh weird anti-socialism of like suburbs and stuff where yeah. like you don't want to ask for help, you want to be like really self-sufficient and you take care of everything. You're not supposed to watch somebody else's kids. Like I, don't I mean, know. I remember I can remember I don't know being if out. That's a thing, but it feels but I, like it might be cuz if it, it's this conversation feels in a way similar to our uh, fear conversation where we were right. talking about like letting our kids go basically well, and there's like so much sort of preciousness about what kids need right now and what you're supposed to in so many different ways you're being told you're supposed to be raising your kids mm-hmm. so I think you're right like I remember being in my neighborhood and knowing at any point in time somebody could be looking out the window watching me and telling my parents right if I'm yeah. behaving badly I just assumed that was given yeah you know um, yeah, they like had every much right more people involved they had every right to come yeah. out and tell me to get out of their yard you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, stop digging in my yard, Elizabeth Ellis. I'm going to tell your mama. You know what was I mean? Was that a big problem for you? When uh, you were a kid? Well, there was a the there was a you know there was a creek, aka a ditch. You know uh-huh. that like that you had to like walk to this woman's yard. Like the only neighborhood, only neighbor in the whole neighborhood who didn't want you walking through their yard. You had to. But walk, you got it. Yeah. How else am I going to get to yeah. the creek? Yeah. To play in probably things that didn't belong in the creek. It probably mm-hmm. wasn't a creek. In retrospect, <laughs> um, I do wonder if there is like some sort of pressure not to ask. Yeah, like I, I can ask. do it. I'll be I, fine. I'll do it. I've got to be strong enough yeah. to do but it. But the reality is, we can't do it. We do need oh, help. God, just like an hour. Because like Stefan and I, been, we lost our babysitter because she went and got a real job. Uh, and not the babysitter. Uh, I mean, she became a psychiatrist. Okay. She finished her degree in psychiatry and became a paid psychiatrist. Okay. We have not gotten a new babysitter because, again, I started working from like that. There was a transition of me right. starting to work more from like being home. Yeah. And uh, and we were settled finally into, you know, L.A., blah, blah, blah. So we just never did it. And now it's just sort of a given that we're never going to go see a movie together. Unless, right. You know, like it's just Unless kind of the kind of. At the Thorn At the Thorn household. Everybody's going to be like, duh, you idiots. I know. <laughs> I know. It took us so long to figure this uh, out. Uh, we're idiots. At least we arrived at this. At, yes. At least we got here. Yeah. <laughs> God, I think we should actually talk to somebody who may need a support team, possibly even more. Possibly, more, there are possibly maybe. people who need support teams more than us. There might be people who need support teams more. I don't know if you've heard this, but when you only have one kid, it's not a big deal. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> well, you know what? Life is fucking easy with my one child. It is. It's, it's the great. best. That's it's why we're best. having more because we have no idea. That's what right. We're because it's so easy. Let's have so another. Um, support teams. Fuck you. Uh, we do this all by ourselves. Um, so on next week's One Bad Mother, you'll hear us with our kids in here because no one wants to help us. Um, all right. So let's do some genius and fails. Great. Let's talk to our very special guest. Let's listen to some rants. Good times.
I'm Cameron Esposito, and I'm the host of Maximum Fun's new podcast, Wham Bam Pow, a sci-fi movie show and action movies also. Did I forget to say action movies? Every week I'll be joined by Mr. Ricky Carmona. Ms. Rhea Butcher. And we are going to chat about films. We're going to tell jokes. We're going to be hilarious. We're going to play games. We're going to have guests. We're going to give reviews. It's going to blow your mind. If you want to listen to the show, you can find it at MaximumFun.org or you can subscribe on iTunes. Can you believe how many things I just listed? So many things. Wow! (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Hey, you know what it's time for this week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206-350-9485. That's 206-350-9485. Teresa, mm-hmm. uh, let's do Genius and Fails. Great. Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I saw what you did. Oh, my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh, my God. That's fucking genius. Genius moments. Yeah. Um, so, well, it's just kind of a nice thing. Simon's getting to the point where, you know, he's he's going to be two in August pretty soon. Can't believe right. His birthday's August, too. Yeah, August and 5th. Katie Bell's is yeah, the, they're really close. They're really everybody you're like the fifth. Oh, I got to edit okay. this out. Anyway. Um so <laughs> he's going to be too soon and he's starting to it's he's starting to take more responsibility for things around yeah. the house. You know, he can help with little things. He oh, has to good. help us clean up his room every day, you know, before bed. And um and he's overall he really likes it. You yeah. know, he really likes to help, but you know, there are those moments where I'll ask him to do something and he really really is like stubborn about no I don't want to do that yeah. right now and I had like a couple times where like my instant reaction was like kind of panicky like <laughs> I'm not going to discipline him yet like he's too little for like di- like you, you must discipline him Teresa I- yeah like you <laughs> must do this you little tiny, tiny <laughs> I am your tiny, mama precious angel like, because no. I said so yeah so I didn't I was like oh my god what do I do but then I said the last couple of times he's done it <laughs> I've just been like, do you need a little help? And he goes, uh-huh. And then I help him, and he totally does it. And it's not like, do you need help? Okay, mom's going to do it right. for you. It's basically like he just wanted me to like participate with yeah. him and totally did it, and it was great. And it um, it just made me think like, oh, yeah, like if I want him to succeed at something, if my goal is to get him to succeed at something, right. I can make that happen. Just by having his success be my goal rather than like, I'm going to teach you a lesson be my goal. You know what I mean? <laughs> that is a nice way to put it. Okay. Because Katie Bell is in a total, I can do it all myself. Oh. So, which is really annoying because like, it's time to clean up your room kind of thing. So oh. like when we hit that so then moment, it, like, takes her forever. when she says no, uh-huh. it's no. Oh. Do you want mama to help? Yeah. No. So for me, it's this. Well, then there'll be no books tonight or know yeah. this or yeah. goodbye tiaras oh, yeah, i don't think he would understand we that love I... consequences <laughs> i'm like oh katie bell do you want to be fancy all the time and only wear three dresses mm-hmm. guess what's going away <laughs> they're gonna have to wear shorts <laughs> um uh so my ge- speaking of fancy dresses so uh-huh. my genius moment katie bell has decided that she only wants to wear these three dresses that she has that mm-hmm. are extra twirly and extra fancy mm-hmm. uh we have a closet full of skirts that are twirly we have <laughs> nope uh no good. closet full of sparkly tank tops to be a dress. nope 
It's it's these three dresses. So I was cleaning, I was dumping clothes in the garage (laughs) the other day to, you know, put back in rotation later or whatever. And I find uh, an old dress of hers that she's grown out of that had a very purple, roughly skirt. She's outgrown it. I took it. I cut right through the middle, Mm -hmm. the skirt part, the bottom of it off. Uh Sewed it to a really cute tank top that she'd never worn. Oh. Boom fucking dress yeah she put it on and it's now one of four dresses that she oh. wears uh i was like i'm gonna do this to all the clothes awesome. and then we went through all the rest of her clothes and none of them worked, worked. quite the oh, same okay. way yeah um but i was like yes that's awesome yes yeah yeah i felt like a super genius no it's great yeah yeah it's great so there okay done the a genius moment came yesterday when I took my just-turned-two-year-old daughter to the doctor. And again, the doctor's office is backed up, and I didn't pack any sort of toys or books or stickers or anything. <laughs> and she had already run through the snacks while we were in the waiting room. So now we're in the um, exam room waiting for the doctor. And I came up with the invisible ball game. I pretend to throw a ball. She runs into the corner, picks it up, throws it back to me. And we played that for 15 minutes. I haven't been able to do anything for 15 minutes nonstop with a two-year-old. So genius moment for me. Oh, and P.S., she likes to play that ball in the house now, or the game in the house now. So it is the perfect ball game you can play in any house because the ball will not destroy anything in your home. (laughs) I'm totally going to use that later today. That is genius. Kids like the invisible shit. It's really fun. It really works. Dumb kids. It's It's the best. It's the best. Uh, Imaginations. (laughs) Fails. Fail. 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 You suck. Teresa. Yeah. I really failed. Oh. I'm going to go first this week. Are you sure you should go first if yours is really bad? Mine's really, really bad. All right. Why don't you go first? Okay. What, 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 don't ever change. I want, you to, <laughs> I, want you to, I want you to top mine. I, this, is, I, this, is, this, is, this is a fail. Okay. Because okay. I feel like my failures are always way worse than yours. <laughs> this one's pretty good. It's a pretty good fail. Okay. Um, so I have been trying to instill good habits in Simon, like, you know, not throwing stuff everywhere and, like, not eating with his mouth full and stuff. And um, I realized the other day, like, twice in one day that I'm just modeling the exact opposite of what he's supposed to be doing. Like, like he does this thing where he'll go, like, if there's, like, I'm, say I'm folding laundry and it's on the chair in his room, he'll just go up and just throw all the clothes on the floor <laughs> and climb up there. Sure. And I'm like, no, that's my, I've been folding. And da, da, da. Right. And then, like, later that day, there was a pile of books on the on the chair, and I was really tired, and I was trying to make room, and I was holding him, and I just threw all the books on the floor before I sat down, and I was like, oh, my God. And then literally, like, later that day, he's eating. at the, We're eating at the table together, and he's talking to me with food in his mouth. Right. And I'm like... I can't understand you because you have food in your mouth. And I'm realizing as mouth I'm saying full this, mouthful, I have a mouth completely <laughs> full of food. Yeah, yeah, we've run into that as well. That is a pretty tough one. That's that's, the, that's right because they do. It's true. They learned it from you, Mom. Yeah, they learned, learned it from, from me. You. Yeah. Oh, God. Brutal. That is brutal. Uh, okay. Because then you have to work it. Right, then I yourself. have to get better. Oh. I know. Ugh. Ugh. Um, all right, so 
we got invited to go swimming with some friends at this, you know, swimming club or mm-hmm. whatever. And it's a swimming it, it's club. It's a swimming club. Oh. I know. Uh, <laughs> and you know what? It's awesome. Okay. Uh, it is amazing. Uh, it is. They have like a whole pool that's only three feet deep, but it's like really big Ooh. for kids under five. So like Katie Bell can't actually walk in it, right. but also practice her swimming. And right. like I can like sit on the side and talk to my friend and their lifeguards and they're just playing in the pool. Amazing. Like kids are supposed to do. Kind of hate you right now, so I hope you get to the point of saying something terrible. We've we've gone in the past a couple of times. Anyway, we get this last minute call that's like, hey, we're going to the pool. Do you guys want to come? Steph and I had totally other plans. We were literally about to walk (laughs) out the door to go do something else Uh and we were like, pool, pool, yes, yes. (laughs) So we get every, I took Katie Bell's swimsuit off the hook we put everything together to go. We get in the car. We get to the pool, and uh, I don't have the swimsuit. Oh, yeah. So I mean, we get there, and I'm like, I open the bag, and yeah. I, mean, I have everything in the bag. I have yeah. just done such a great job packing. So Stefan's got to drive back to the house, and Katie Bell has to wait, <gasps> surrounded yeah. by pools yeah. and kids swimming. Yeah. So fail. You suck. I suck. I wanted to share my fail moment, which is pretty remarkable considering I haven't even had a child yet. I'm uh, seven months pregnant. um, And as soon as I found out I was knocked up, I went to Costco and bought a giant thing of generic Tylenol um, (laughs) since that's like the only baby non-murdering painkiller you're allowed to take. Um, And so I've been taking this generic Tylenol for mm, like six months, just about every day because, you know, stuff hurts. And then like three days ago, I look at it and see where it says in big letters, acetaminophen, 250 milligrams. That's the part I saw when I was at Costco. And then in tiny, tiny, tiny little letters after that, it says aspirin, 250 milligrams, and also 65 milligrams of caffeine. So I was pretty concerned that I murdered my baby. Um, It turned out fine. I called the nurses line at my doctor in a complete panic, and they said, you know, if the aspirin was going to murder your baby, it would have been murdered already, basically. <laughs> um, and I guess just bonus points for caffeine. I don't know. I've switched back yeah. to regular Tylenol, but that's the story about how I almost murdered my um, fetus pal. <laughs> you that know what? Let me just tell horrible. you. I just want this listener to know. I just want you to know that I'm like, you know, I do these all these calls at once. Like, I'll sit there and go through, like, all the calls kind of at once and just listen. And it's always yeah. very funny. I hit this one. And I have a giant thing of Tylenol from Costco, <gasps> right? And so I'm like this. Oh, like, and then I hurl the computer to the side. Like, like running to the I was like, stop it, bring me the Tylenol. Like, whatever. So we get the Tylenol, and I look at it, and I, like, whatever I have is I have. Mine's not that one. Uh-huh. But, I mean, I went over that with, like, a five. Stephanie's like, what is your problem? And I'm like, oh, this listener, she just, like, totally didn't see the thing. And I did, I know I didn't see the thing. And uh-huh. they look just like the Tylenol capsules. That's what uh-huh. I go with. Um, so, like, every day for the first <laughs> every seven day. months. I love it. Oh, well, I just take this. Just take this every day for the, every day. Everything hurts. Um, well, we're glad you didn't murder your baby. Yes. I know it would make us feel better. Yeah. Let's call a mom. Yeah, let's call a mom. Okay. You are the greatest mom I've ever known. I love you, I love you. When I have a problem, I call you on the phone. I love you. 
Teresa. Yes. Let's call a mom. Great. Oh, good. I love calling moms. And today we are calling Eleni Mandel, a singer-songwriter whose uh, latest album is called I Can See the Future, uh, which was actually her first album since becoming a single mom to twins using a sperm donor hot damn. Dang. Let's talk to uh, Eleni Mandel. Hello, Eleni. Hi. How are you? I'm great. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Good. Uh, we always... I've never heard such an enthusiastic <laughs> um, endorsement of using a sperm. I, I gotta say, we're you pumped may about be it. the most thrilling, <laughs> the most like thrilling uh, mom scenario guest we've had on here yet in terms of their experience. We try and get a nice, round, diverse group of moms on the show, mm-hmm. but you're our first sperm donor. All right, we're pretty excited. <laughs> you're our first. Um, well, uh, we always ask our guests to tell us who's living in their house. Can you please tell us uh, who lives in your house? In my house is myself, my son Rex, and my daughter Della. And they're twins, and how old are they? They are a little over two and a half. Yeah. Oh, All right. Getting the... into a good zone. Yeah. You are. You are getting into a good zone. Cool. Any uh, pets? No pets. No pets. <laughs> you didn't want to take that on as well? No, just kids. they... Oh, I think about it. They love animals. Mm-hmm. And I think, oh, how much they'd adore a kitten. And then I think about the kitten scratching the furniture and yeah. <laughs> litter box. And then I'm like, no. And, and how you just need so many more things to take care of than yeah. you yeah. already have. You know, what's, yeah. you know what's great in a house with kids? Hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Lots of hair. Yeah, and I'm maybe the laziest person ever. I got a really expensive beautiful vacuum and I thought oh I'm totally gonna fire my cleaning lady because I love this vacuum so much I'm gonna do it all myself and that happened one time (laughs) and I thought I'm gonna totally work my ass off so I can always have a cleaning lady yeah Yeah, it's like that that band I had those fantasy days because we're we're pregnant with number two where I'm like I'm just going to have on my registry, if anybody even pays attention to second child registries, (laughs) cleaning lady. (laughs) Cleaning service. I need a cleaning service. I thought you were going to say vacuum. Vacuum. (laughs) All right. Well, let's let's, let's get to the good stuff. Uh, First of all, I don't believe that you're lazy. I doubt it. Because... You have two twins? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, thank you. If you can see what I do, I... Well, I'm... Go on. No, no. I was just going to say... I don't know. I I just I think that's a good segue into the first question, which yeah. is what lazy person decides to purposely become a single mom oh. <laughs> with uh, using a sperm donor, which is a whole process. It is. And and so tell us about the process because you also you know twin. I mean, I know when you're going through the whole sperm donor process. I mean, you know, do you have options to have the twins? I mean, I don't. I'm very bad at the medical science behind. Uh, insemination. Um, oh, were you well, like looking I to, to have twins? Were you? Well, I, I I knew I wanted to have more than one kid, so I thought, and I have friends that have twins, so I thought that um, you know, that would be convenient. <laughs> how, um, that, how that worked out? <laughs> yeah, but you know, I I think for the first, I'd say the first two years of their life, I kept thinking, should I have another one? Mm. And mm. then now I'm like, that would be the craziest. Thing I could ever do. Well, well, take us back to the process, the whole decision process, and and what led you to do it. I've always wanted to have kids. I always knew that that was really important to me, and that having a family was 
definitely a goal of mine. And of course, I spent a lot of my 20s and 30s dating the wrong guy and thinking, <laughs> well, it doesn't matter as long as I get married and have kids. And now I'm, of course, exceedingly grateful I didn't marry any of those guys. <laughs> um, so when I finally, when at 39 years old, when it became very clear that I had to act quickly and and the boyfriend I had didn't want to have kids, so we broke up. I started, he, we were actually sort of segueing apart when I started looking through sperm donors and, and he's now their sort of fake uncle slash nanny <laughs> when, when I go on tour. So, um, but he was, he even looked at profiles. So it kind of all happens online now and, wow. and, uh, it felt really sad when I started. I cried, thought like, I can't believe this is my life. And, um, and it also has a science fiction element to it. You know, you're shopping for sperm on the internet, mm-hmm, looking yeah. at baby pictures of strangers. And do they show you pictures of like what? Well, you have to actually buy pieces of information. You have to buy it if you want to hear their voice. You have to buy an audio interview, and you have Whoa. to buy a photograph. Not all of them will show you photographs of themselves, and not all of them will show you anything but baby photos. So baby photos of themselves, not yeah. baby photos of other babies that have come from <laughs> right. their sperm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of amazing, though, when you look at a lot oh of gosh. baby photos, you look at, you know, and you think, well, how can you judge by a baby? And then you look and you're like, I definitely don't want that guy to be the father. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. <laughs> you just know. <laughs> you're like, I don't want that coming out of me. Yeah. Yeah, because you have to start, I guess, getting your brain around all the genetics that, you yeah, know, come I mean, with the sperm. Because, I, you know, I guess you don't. I mean, I, it's well, just not something I would have necessarily. What I ab- mean, ew, what I about know. like, um, I'm curious about because uh, like I have I have friends who use a sperm donor and um, I, I'm curious about, you know, the uh, the part of it that f- that may feel a little bit like choosing a mate and like looking for the qualities that maybe you would look for in a mate and versus like the qualities that you would look for in, you know, the the child that's going to come from this person will, yeah. you know, will do well in life. Um, and whether like there's obviously a lot of crossover there, but yeah. like I know that, you know, my friends in particular, I think they they were having this conflict about like how important is it that the donor be really good looking? Because like maybe you, you don't care who you fall in love with if right. they're so good looking, but maybe you want your child to like be better off in life. <laughs> and so maybe you want to pick a better looking sperm donor i think that's why in the end it was really great to choose a donor based only on the baby picture Mm. because Um. when you can see some adult pictures then you do think well would i date that guy right like i've never even met someone who wore a shirt like that you know (laughs) right (laughs) Um, so i kind of liked limiting some information because it got confusing Mm -hmm. and and there's there's a thing called staff impressions from the the firm the cryobank that I ended up using where they describe the person for you and they don't always talk about their looks. Sometimes they're like, He's very polite and he always remembered my name. Um and then one of them said something like, If he was if there was gonna be a male model, it would be him and you realize 
that's not really enough. <laughs> right. Yeah. And you're also like, who is this person? Like, I want to see a picture of the person that judged him. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Who's making the judgment call right. on this? Yeah. yeah. So I actually, the sperm donor that I chose is someone I probably never would have dated because we never would have met. He is um, an astrophysicist, um, or he was working towards his PhD in astrophysics with long hair, loves classic rock, plays the violin, and writes science fiction on the side. You, huh. you know, our paths would not have crossed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Have you, well, so, so have you seen your kids are two and a half and watching their personalities develop and, and you being the main caregiver in their life, do you see any elements coming from them that you're like, I wonder if this has to do with the sperm donor or if this is just who my kid is or is this, you know, like I like my daughter is, is three and a half and she's like, you know, we joke about it all the time. She's like really into like being fancy and like wearing like she, there's like a lot of like there are a lot of things that she does that are neither my husband or I. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it has nothing to do with either one of us outside of allowing her the opportunity to explore things that she she's interested in. Yeah. So have you... I mean, the only thing that... Because he was into science, and obviously he was, really, he was a really intelligent sperm donor, if he was telling the truth, <laughs> I'm sort of, like, excited for when they're in school to, yeah. like, see their brains explode and, and looking forward to them taking care of me in my old age because they're going to be... <laughs> Millionaires. Are <laughs> <laughs> oh, they going to get your singer-songwriter gene? Right. <laughs> right. They're going to be artists. Oh. Yeah. So my, um, one of the reasons, one of the really dumb reasons that I considered this, this donor was because his baby picture, I thought, well, he kind of has a wide nose and I have a thin nose. Mm. So I thought, well, maybe that'll sort of even out. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. The nose is, yeah. Yeah, so my daughter actually definitely has his nose. Aww. And it's very cute on her. But, uh, and yeah, but sometimes, you know, I'm like very curious what that nose will look like as an adult. Yeah. And I don't know any people with that nose. <laughs> and um, and they also have really long eyelashes, which they definitely didn't get for me. Wow. That so, is, that's um, nice, But the rest though. of it... I feel like my daughter and I are very similar and my, I guess because my son is, you know, he's a boy, so <laughs> I'm not comparing us in the same way. Right. Right. But yeah, I mean, it's all really fascinating and I find it incredibly interesting watching them learn and grow and become little people. Okay. So more relevant to some of the things we've been talking about today on the show in terms of support systems uh, and how each family sort of creates that for themselves. You know, again, you made the decision to be to go in this by yourself. This wasn't yeah. a result of divorce. This wasn't a result of an accidental one night stand. This was I mean, you very this was like something you really decided to go take control of and go do and twins. To boot. Yeah. I mean, no one thinks, even though you're like, yeah, hey, we'll get two of ones. No one thinks that's necessarily going to be smooth. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we, you all know. Everybody mm -hmm. in the back of their mind knows this could be tricky. How did you, did you take the same amount of care in setting up, making sure that you had a support team around you or that your life was in a location where you had support available to you as you did in, in picking a sperm donor? Well, I think that I probably couldn't have made this decision if I didn't have the kind of family that I have. 
I live in Los Angeles near most, I'm from here, so most of my family is here. And even though, you know, my parents, I, I was 41 when I had my kids, so my parents are older, and they're, they're definitely not, like, in the trenches the way they might have been if I had kids in my 20s. Right. But I think without them being emotionally supportive of it, very, I think their excitement about it sort of grew as it became more real. I think in the beginning they might have thought it was a little crazy, but they they didn't say it outright, at least. <laughs> they didn't try to get me not to do it. They helped me financially. And, um, and then I have aunts and uncles and grandmother and brothers and sisters nearby. And definitely, I would say there are maybe like two or three people in the family that really helped me. But I think because there's so many people around, I just felt like, I just really felt like I could do it. Right. I always say that being a waitress really helps being a mom and, <laughs> and not for jokey reasons like, well, because you carry stuff a lot, but because um, you really learn to multitask when you're a waitress. And yeah. I, I was one for a long time. And um, so to me, like this kind of doing a lot of stuff isn't really that hard. The first year is really challenging, but yeah, I think as far as support goes, I've got a lot of great friends. Not all of them turn out to really care anything about children or babies. <laughs> <laughs> Some of my best friends have maybe seen my kids twice in three years, <laughs> but uh, I also have great friends that have kids who have been really helpful and, you know, so yeah, I guess I really felt like with the friends and family I have in town that I could do it. And I, my friends who have twins told me the first year will be the worst year of your life. Mm. So I didn't have super rainbow, you know, sunshine expectations. That is so cool of your friends. That's really cool of your friends because you should, no, like, we're write them totally a letter serious of about that yeah. because we do joke on the show about like the lies that are fed to yeah. moms before they or have kids. Or just the information that's withheld. Or yeah. withheld, so, maybe not know. lie, yeah. just withheld. I mean, withheld. it could be really boring. I sat in my apartment for Ugh, months the boredom. Born with those curtains drawn and yeah. no sound. Yeah. And one day I realized I can actually turn the radio on yeah. and yeah. open the blinds. Yeah. You're sort of in a really confused state. You are. Yeah. Um, I also, I think because my expectations were really realistic, I think I've maybe even had a better time than people with husbands and one baby. Yeah, I could, I could oh, imagine yeah. that. But I was, I was wondering though, just physically, I mean, you kind of explained it when you said, you know, you you learned how to multitask when you were a waitress. But just, you know, physically, I know for me, being alone with the baby, some, with one baby was sometimes fine. But then other times, uh, you know, it was really hard. And um, I'm just curious, like, if you can paint a picture just like physically how that worked with two children um, when yeah. they were, you know, the little. Lazy, the lazy thing comes in really handy. <laughs> Because I really didn't try to do that much. Mm -hmm. I didn't try to like build sand castles with them or yeah. teach them how to knit. I was like, there's your swing, sit in it, and I'll be over here reading a book. Mm -hmm. And of course, that doesn't happen for hours at a time. But, you know, when they're really little, they're sleeping a lot. Mm -hmm. or, I, don't know, I mean, sometimes I think back and I can't even remember how I did it. But I had two swings and two bouncy feet and... 
blankets all over the place because they spit up a lot. I just rem- I remember being at the park and watching a, a woman with her twins. And, like, every time one twin was going one direction, like, the other was going the opposite direction. You know I mean? Like, they yeah. were never – she'd get, like, one on the slide, and she would have to – and I, I actually think there was some benefit, no matter what kind of nightmare that looked like. Those kids realized right away that their mom's not always with them yeah. the 24 hours. Like, yeah. They're they're learning at an early age that they do need to entertain themselves and each other, and uh, which I think and that they can and that they can and, that's and fine. that they can yeah. <laughs> that's totally fine. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said with the book, I mean, it's just about establishing patterns. Whether they respect your rule of I'm just going to be sitting here reading a book <laughs> while you do that, the pattern's getting established. Yeah, uh, which is yeah, right. and I mean things like parks. I couldn't really go to parks right. for a long time, and. Only when I had one friend who, whose kid was in high school, and she loved babies, so she would go to the park with me. And then I found other parks that have gates around yeah. them, which is the greatest thing in the world. Mm. You know, you sort of realize, well, I'm kind of hunkered down for as long as it takes for them to be a little sturdier and understand English. <laughs> right. Right. Well, do you think, uh, so which one is turning out to be the evil twin? <laughs> oh, God, you know, it's crazy how they switch places. Yeah. Oh, I well, really thought, a boy, oh, girl, my daughter so. is so complicated. <laughs> Just like me. We're a little moody. And, and then four months later, she was such a breeze and he was on a tear. <laughs> so, <laughs> it keeps you on your toes. Um, well, okay, so you singer-songwriter, you lived this creative life, and I know sometimes I think people underestimate how hard it is to actually be living a creative career uh, and having that sort of lifestyle with kids because it's really hard sometimes to wrangle creativity into like a, a schedule, into a nine-to-five yeah. kind of role, um, especially uh, I would think something with music where you do have to be public. You've got to, you know, go out to promote. How did, how did that, how did having the kids affect your professional life and how did you make it work or did you possibly, have you possibly not figured out mm-hmm. how to make it work yet, which is also totally fun. <laughs> I mean, I think one really important thing and probably with anything in life is just setting a goal. So I had a goal that I was going to continue to have a creative life. And it's just kind of in my mind, which leads me down that path, even when it gets difficult. I don't think I really stopped doing music at all. I'm in a band called The Living Sisters, as well as having my own you know, singer-songwriter career. And we were just finishing up recording when I was in the hospital having the kids. <laughs> And and then I had started a record and when I was like eight months pregnant, so when they were about eight months old, I went back in the studio and finished that. And you just get babysitters. You know, I have friends who are married with very financially secure and are musicians and they don't tour anymore. But I really love touring and I love the idea of my kids seeing the world and it's obviously important my career that I tour so I just bring them with me and I bring someone to help um, and then on the flip side I can't afford to take a band anymore but I've also <laughs> learned to really enjoy performing solo I guess it's sort of just who I am I, I can't imagine not doing it 
Although I also think I have to go back to school and become a nurse or something. <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to pay for college like this. But um, yeah, I just kept going, just trekking along. That's really inspiring. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, I don't want to fucking go to the grocery store. <laughs> well, that I'm really bad at. True, I that's hate true. going to the grocery store. Well, and now true. I have to do it, you know, three times a week or something. Oh, <laughs> that, uh, yeah, that, you're right. <laughs> grocery stores and creative life are two totally different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but that is very inspiring and, and uh, kind of helps, I think, remind all of us that it is about setting the small goal yeah. or whatever that goal is and just yeah. staying focused and kids are in fact adaptable no matter how crazy one's brain gets that they may not be <laughs> yeah um yeah. Well, Eleni, thanks so much for sharing the entire experience and process with us and and how it's working out I just uh, it's been really cool talking to you thanks. you guys are great and I love your show and I love being a mom even as crazy <laughs> as it is. <laughs> going to leave a wholesome message. It's awesome. Yeah, we, we, cool. we keep wrestling with the fact that we actually love being mom. Okay, yeah, maybe I always, am the only no, person. No, it always like <laughs> reveals itself and we're like, oops, we love oops. being moms. We really are enjoying this. Why is our culture so against it? Um, but uh, thank you so much for joining yeah. us and uh, we're going to make sure that we link up to uh, your last album and we'll keep an eye out for the new album when that comes out and make yeah, sure thanks. our listeners know and uh Hook them up with all your information. And thank you so very much. Yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah, thanks both of you. It was really fun. <laughs> all right. Cool. We'll, we'll talk soon. Thanks. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh, my gosh. She was great. Yeah. It, it, she was great. Yeah. And it reminds me <laughs> that we're crazy. That we're completely <laughs> crazy. I, I'm gonna have to go find like sad violin like music to play under our entire topic discussion today. Everybody. No, but she did. She did say like straight up right at the beginning the the way she knew she could do this yeah. is she has all this family around to help. So right. It's, you know. Yeah. It's, it's cool. Our life is horrible. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, no, you know how I'll realize our life is not so horrible? Hmm. <laughs> Listening to some mom have a breakdown. Oh, on yes. Show. I am calling from the parking lot of a grocery store where I have just purchased a gross <laughs> of Clorox wipes <laughs> and some nitrile gloves and some over-the-ear masks because uh, four days ago when I thought maybe my husband had just fed my uh, 15-month-old son too many berries and that made him throw up, nope. He had norovirus. The next day I got it, and the next day my husband got it, and the next day my mom got it. And now my father-in-law has it. There goes the who knows team. who also got yeah. it? Because we thought that he just ate too many berries. But no, he's just patient zero. And so then what happens this morning? I get my fucking period for the oh. first time after stopping breastfeeding. And apparently it's a thousand times worse than when I had it before I got pregnant. That's another thing they don't tell you, I guess, because I call my girlfriends and they're all like, oh, yeah, that happened to me, too. So thanks a lot, everybody. That is too many horrible things coming out of too many places. Yes. I'm so sorry. (laughs) So sorry. That is... Awful. I see health in your future. I, yeah, I, 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 I see you. I all. hope you're. I, th- I hope you're all better now. I, I also see your support team deserting you. Yeah, <laughs> oh. I like that your your 15 month old just took out the entire team. Yeah, 
the entire team. That is the worst. Well, you are doing a good job, Mom. Yes, yes. You are. And I think, I think what we're coming away from the show today is a few things. Uh, one... It's recent. I have it really awful. It's really tough. Everybody for us. feel bad for us and our <laughs> loving husbands and great kids and no support team and families that totally help if they would just live near us. No, 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 no. But that no matter what your situation is, the following things are true. No matter what your brain is telling you, your children are adaptable. If you leave them at some, if you leave them with somebody else who likes them, mm-hmm. they will be fine. Yes. No child has ever died from crying. <laughs> they will be fine. You will also survive. No mom has ever died from crying. <laughs> it's important to establish a team, uh, even if you somehow forgot to do that before you had your kid or your 10 kids or whatever. It, you can start one at any point in time. Uh, We as friends of moms and we as moms and dads uh, should all let go of the guilt and be honest with each other. You want to call me at 2 o'clock in the morning? Call me at 2 o'clock in the morning. I'm going to be okay. Maybe Mm -hmm. that's all it takes is people being a little more upfront with each other. I really am interested in watching your kid. Mm -hmm. And I I don't feel bad about it. Mm -hmm. And I'm also not going to make you feel bad if you don't want to leave your kid with me this week because you're just not ready. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, this isn't like a one-time offer. So, you know, we all need to get better at asking. We all need to get better at offering. And we all need to get better at giving ourselves a break. You know? Mm -hmm. It's it's okay. So, moms, dads, single moms, single dads, sperm donors, (laughs) whoever you are out there, you're doing an amazing job. Especially you, sperm donors. <laughs> and once again, we want to thank our guests, Eleni Mandel. And as always, it's fun to hear everybody's rants and fails and genius moments. And you guys are doing great. You guys are doing an awesome job. You're doing an all. You're probably doing way better than Teresa and I. <laughs> and Teresa, you're doing a good job. So are you, Biz. Thanks. Everybody have a good week. See you next week. Bye. 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 I got to low down mama blues. I got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. You know that right. We'd like to thank Max Fun, Lindsay Pavlis, our engineer, our husbands, Stefan Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things, and of course, you, our listeners. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, visit MaximumFun.org and click on Donate. Do you have a genius or fail moment you'd like to share on the show? Then leave us a message at 206-350-9485. Full-on rage-induced rants are also welcome. Well, Daddy, baby, bustin' by, not low down mama. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.